Welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabel Graham. Today I want to talk about what's important to me, our values and beliefs. So in the last episode, we started to explore how we need to be as leaders, what our purpose is, and how we need to show up to be effective in our roles. We explored the legacy that we want to leave and how we want to be and to be seen. So, but one aspect of who we are, our brand, that we didn't explore was values and beliefs. You know, what's really important to us? So let's start there. From our earliest memories as children, our values and beliefs have been shaped by our parents, by our wider family, our early school experiences, our faith, our culture, even our country of origin. During this time, many of the bedrocks of what we hold dear to us are set due to how we're being brought up. You know, that may be that, you know, family is the most important thing and valued above all else, and that becomes core for us. We could be told that we need to always tell the truth, so honesty becomes a value. We might see our families and friends stand by people when they're in trouble, no matter what, or that we always stick with the same consumer brand or shop in the same place because it's served us well. So loyalty ends up being important as a value. And in your household, you know, it might be that learning, learning and studying is really important. So intelligence or education may become a value. It may also be that your family system, you know, really champions speaking out or debating at the dinner table and trying no matter what. So daring or courage or challenge may become a value. And so the list goes on. You know, our background, the experience that we had as we grow up and as we start to move into the adult world, all shape our values and belief, enable us to grow into the person who we are. So when we're thinking about our values, the first thing to consider is, what's important to you? What behaviours do you believe are important? What principles do you live by? And how do you show up, act and decide what to do? Next, think, what qualities attract you to other people? What qualities do you look for in your friends, your loved ones, your social circle? What's important about the organisations you like to work for? What do they stand for? And how do these resonate with your personal values? And finally, what causes are important to you? What are you passionate about? What charities do you support? What engages you? And what drives your social circle or conscience or your way of being? If that's something that you struggle to think about, then there's a number of ways to think about how you can find your values or understand what your values are in a different way. You know, the easy one is you can just Google a whole list and and read them and, and see which ones resonate for you and why. Or you can think about, you know, say half a dozen people that you really like and admire. You know, it could be people you know, could be fictional characters, could be movie stars. And think about, you know, what values do they embody and what draws you to them? Because the reason why you like them is probably rooted in your values. And hopefully after either you've answered the questions that I've just gone through or you've done one of those other activities, you'll come up with a list of things that are important to you. 
Now, why though are values important to define? Well, values are the emotional currency of our life. They are the core principles that give meaning to us and are defined as a set of standards that determine our attitudes, choices and actions. Values set the parameters for hundreds of decisions that we make every single day, both consciously and subconsciously. And values may also help us adapt and change as we go on. And sometimes they adapt and change themselves and, you know, reflect what's important to us at any given moment. So that might be that we get new values or it might be actually that some rise above others in their importance, depending on the time of life that we're in. They're also important as they help us to grow and develop. They help shape us and also help us think about how we need to be as individuals and as leaders. When the things that you do and the way that you behave match your values, life normally feels as if it's going quite well. You're satisfied and you're content. But when they don't align, that's when things start to feel a bit wrong. You know, that's when it sort of grates a little bit. And it can often be a source of unhappiness. Once we've got a set of values, it's sometimes useful to be able to whittle them down. Think about the five or six that are really important and and really think why that is and, and how they help us govern and shape what we do. And then sometimes think about, you know, is there one that ranks above all others? And if so, why is that? Because that helps us decide how we want to be how to make decisions when we're facing a dilemma, a life decision or a problem. Makes it easier for us. So once we've got them, the next thing to think about is how on earth do other people know what they are? And that gets us to think about how do we demonstrate them? Now I often ask leaders, how do you demonstrate your values? And I get a very, very blank look. Now, Often we just expect other people around us to guess what our values are by observing what we do um, and thinking that miraculously they're going to work it out, you know, or that we've maybe got a non-visible list of them pinned to our top um, and they can see it and we haven't. You know, for example, you might think, well, because I asked people what weekend, what their weekend was like and, you know, did they have a good weekend? They'll know that I'm kind. Really? Will they? Or they're just going to think that you're going through the motions and serving out those platitudes about being nice when people come into work on a Monday. Um, I once had a leader say, you know, it's really important to me that people are punctual and that things happen on time. So I'm going to turn up to meetings 10 minutes early and they'll know that I value punctuality. I burst out laughing and went, really? (laughs) Do you think that's going to work? The reality is your team's always late and they're not going to be there to know that you've been sat on your Todd for 15 minutes. So why on earth do you think that that's going to make them know that you value punctuality? I think you thought I was being a bit flippant, but honestly. Um, And sometimes people might think, you know, because I'm a stickler for rules and checking them and and that I check up on things and I follow the rules and I make and I say that to my people all of the time. They're going to know that accuracy is important to me. Are they? Are they going to get that's what's important to you? Or they're just going to feel that you're micromanaging them. So, you know, often we believe that our intent alone demonstrates what we value. Um, But the reality is we judge ourselves only by our intent. We judge other people by their behaviour. And when judging our behaviour, 
they then apply their values on us. So it's not our rules that they're, they're working out when they look at how we behave. It's their rules. So how will they guess that that's what our values are? Is, is there any wonder that all this stuff gets a little bit lost in translation and we get conflicts springing up everywhere? Um, and I'll give you an example of what I mean by um, demonstrating your values. So I have um, two values which are, are really important to me and I, I do live by them as much as I can. Um, and they really do help me make decisions, but they're slightly in contrast to each other. So that's commitment and flexibility. Um, and this is how it plays out. So I often end up booking things into my diary, whether it be events with clients, meetings with people, um, meetings with sessions with individuals. Um, and that can be, you know, easily up to a year, 15 months out. And we'll agree a day, we'll agree a time, or we'll agree a session time on a particular day, and that'll go in the diary. And I never cancel. Um, you know, I might ask to move a half hour phone call, but if it's a training session or a coaching day or a coaching session, that stays in my diary no matter what, because commitment is really, really important to me. Equally, if I say I'm going to deliver a piece of work at a certain time or I'm going to meet somebody at a certain time, that will happen without fail. You know, even if I'm being late, I will make sure that that's delivered. Equally, however, I like to be as flexible as I can, but sometimes those two things clash. So I remember an occasion when I had a client who asked me if we could go, if I could help out short notice to go and facilitate um, a meeting with one of their clients. And I said, yeah, not a problem at all. If we can make it, we can do it. And they gave me the date. And I looked at it and said, oh, I'm not available. I've got a coaching session that day. So this was like a two hour session, one-to-one, versus a day with their team and their client. Can you not just change it, they then said. And I went, hmm, commitment, no. Now you might think that contrasts a little with the flexibility, but then I decided to explain it to them because I thought, if I just say no, they're gonna think I'm really just being a bit bloody-minded um, and being a bit awkward. But the reality is, it's that commitment thing that's really important. So. What I said instead was, okay, so this person I see every quarter and they book a session a couple of hours every time and they book it three or four months in advance, a bit like you do your sessions. And they went, oh yeah, uh -huh, I do that. I said, so how would you feel if I cancelled yours when you'd booked it three months ago at like a week's notice because something had come up? And they looked at me and went, I'd be furious. I said, exactly, and that's why I'm not going to do it to the other person. So that's why I won't cancel. I will, however, go out to my network and find somebody who I work with who I think will really be useful for you and see if I can get someone to do that day. And that was sort of my trade-off of the flexibility side. Um, so that's what we did. Um, we found them somebody, we got someone, they went in and facilitated the day. It all went really well. Um, but for me, that decision was really, really easy because commitment is more important to me. You know, I, I know that if you end up sometimes not doing things or not doing what you say you're gonna do, it, it gives people the impression that they don't matter, that they're not important. And that definitely is the case if you suddenly, you know, sack off a piece of work for somebody else. You know, how do I decide? So therefore commitment and the order at which people book things is the, the set of rules that I apply. So that's my explanation and also, a way of thinking about how you can demonstrate your values by explaining them a little bit. So 
As leaders, we need to recognise that how we role model, how we behave and how we demonstrate our values absolutely impacts how our people behave because they copy this. You know, they think about what we've, if we've done it, it's all right. You know, so if we rock in late on a day, then it's okay for them to do it too. Um, and the reason why though that role modeling comes in, it's because we're so attuned to role model from a very young age. You know, role modeling is how we learn to do things, um, as well as learning our values and beliefs and behavior. So just think about it. And these are some examples that have come out over the last sort of few months, which just made me smile. Um, my niece is three um, and my sister sort of sees her playing on a mobile phone and says, you know, why is she doing that all the time? I said, well, you do it. That's what mummy does. You know, my friend's daughter is playing teachers at home. She's only about six. That's what her, her playtime is. Um, but, you know, two weeks of home working and all of a sudden she's role modeling conference calls instead. Um, I once had a client who had said to his team that he wanted them to stop sending emails late at night or out of hours or at the weekend. And they just didn't do it. And he, he, he said, you know, how many, however many times I do this, it doesn't change. And then he suddenly had this light bulb moment when he was sat typing an email at 11 o'clock at night and thought, oh God, until I stop doing it, they're not going to. And that was a really important moment to think about. You know, because how we are, our being really impacts other people. And it starts to help to shape their values, their beliefs and their behaviours. So when, as a leader, whether, you know, it's in family life as a parent or in our working lives, we have a responsibility to understand the impact of our behaviour. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a future episode. Um, because that often shapes our values and role modelling alone doesn't make them clear. So as with my flexibility and commitment example, we need to explain them. So that might be, we're very conscious about our role modeling and, and allow, use that to help demonstrate our values. Or it might be that sometimes, you know, when we're wor working with our team members, we need to explain it. So how can we go about doing that? You know, well, as leaders, we can set expectations, ground rules for how we want to work for our people. And, and in this, explain our values. So years ago when I used to be um, a regional manager, I used to, you know, get different regions every year and get a new set of branches, used to work in retail. Um, and on those first one-to-ones when I was meeting with a branch manager, you know, I used to talk about what I expected of them and find out what they expected of me because that was a way of us sort of starting to co-create that relationship from the ground rules. And they were very easy. You know, the first three things I would say is, you know, please just do your job what's on your job description don't do any more don't do any less that's what i expect of you if you do that i'll be perfectly happy you know and that really tapped into that credibility thing to me then there was what my number one value which is honesty i said please don't lie to me if you can't do something if you're not going to make it if something's gone wrong just tell me because if you tell me i can help you if you lie to me and i find out afterwards there's nothing i can do about it and that equally goes with the commitment one of if you're going to say you, you're, you're going to do something, please, can you do it on time? And if for some reason you can't do it on time, do you know what? I'm, I'm really chilled about that. But can you tell me in advance rather than three days afterwards? Because in advance, again, we can do something about it if it's really crucial that it happens. But after it, there's nowhere for me to go. And if that's needing to deliver something to a client or a customer, then we've got to back ourselves out of that problem. So I would much rather know that in advance. 
Um, but I also gave them some commitments too about how I'd work with them. So I'd say, do you know what? I will always respond to you within 24 hours, whether that be by email or by phone. If I'm with, with somebody, I will never pick up my phone when you ring me though. Very, very rarely. Because if I'm in a one-to-one or I'm meeting with somebody, by picking that phone up, it says, you know, you don't matter. You're not important, even though you're stood in front of me, the person on the end of the phone is. So I won't do that. But if you leave me a message, I'll ring you back all the time. And, you know, if I've said I'll deliver something on time, I will do so. And if I can't, I'll explain why I can't in advance and we'll agree in new time. So having sort of this expectations conversation really allowed me to explain my values. And it's a really useful way as a, as a leader to do that. Because it also then opens up an opportunity to say to the other person, so what's important to you? You know, what do you want from me? What do you hold dear? How do you like to work? And, and then that dialogue starts. And that means those relationships are based on honesty, not on guesswork. And it just takes all the assumptions away. And we can do this in our relationships too, whether it be with our partners, with our family, with our friends, you know. We can explain what we want and why it's important to us, why it makes a difference, and also explain why we make decisions and what they mean to us. Importantly, you know, we need to recognize that everyone has their own values and they're not the same as ours. But by discussing them, we can learn more about that person. We can help to see their map of the world and what created it and just make sense a little bit more of why they do what they do and how that may coincide with what we do or clash a little bit and then figure out how we're going to deal with that. So what I'd love you to do off the back of this podcast is go ahead, you know, really think about what's important to you and begin to define your values. You know, think about what are they and why are they important? More importantly, how do they shape who you are and what you do? You know, where have they come from? What's the root of them? And what does that mean for how you act and behave and how you make decisions? Um, and then think about, do other people around you get them? And if not, how do you know you need to go about demonstrating them a little bit more clearly or explaining them to other people? You know, what are those opportunities where you can have those conversations and explain why you've done what you've done just to take away that lack of clarity, that confusion? so that people understand your intention, not just get confused by the behavior. And finally, you know, think about what needs to happen to allow you to prioritize the values and the things that are important to you. Because by doing that, you can become more congruent. Your way of being can be more congruent with your way of doing. And that means you can spend time where you want to spend time, which ultimately will become more fulfilling. So, like many deep questions, you need to go away and think about this stuff. You might want to journal it, write it down, you know, get a notebook or do it on a, um, a tablet. You might want to create a picture or a mind map to be able to do that. But think about it, explore it, whatever it is, go about and figure it out because it will help you make decisions. It'll explain why some relationships grate a little bit and why others are so easy. And it'll also allow you to help prioritize things in your life and make it better. And who doesn't want that? Next time we'll think about some of the other things that go into building who we are and how we work. And we're gonna start looking at strengths 
where they come from and why they're useful, and also our behaviours and how they help shape us too. So look forward to seeing you on a future podcast. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader. 